Hello, welcome back, and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you once again by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. Today you will hear Dr. Jeremy McCory's teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 6, dealing with lawsuits. We hope this sermon will encourage you to make God and His Word the standard for all areas of your life. Let's join Dr. McCory discussing lawsuits and Christian-to-Christian interactions in the time that 1 Corinthians was written. Time which this was written. And during that time which this was written, you, you think about the Jewish people were allowed to take others to court and to be arbitrators and to, and to kind of work over cases and things like that. But there were also an acceptability in that Christians could come against other Christians and, and other people and, and set the precedent by being the arbitrator in that as well. But there was a the distinct difference that this passage kind of brings out is that the unbeliever and one who is a believer ought to have different actions about how they live. There ought to be some distinct differences in their practices and the things that they engage in, the things that they involve themselves in. There ought to be some difference in, in how they treat one another, how they live, where they go and what they do. There ought to be some differences in the ways that they seek judgment on others and understand who brings that. So there's, there, there's a deep understanding in this passage that we have to really think about it as believers, how we lead others, how we lead others towards Him, how we do things and live in such a way that draw people near to Him, or how we live and do in such a way that detract or send others away from Him. And so this passage here brings in the acceptability of lawsuits, but you and I know that just because it's acceptable in society doesn't make it right. Amen? Just because the world says it's okay doesn't make it okay. It makes it acceptable to others, but it doesn't make it acceptable to God, nor does it make it profitable for the kingdom of God. So there's... There's some ideas in this world and ideals and, and people's idea about morals and values that are right and wrong and, and conduct and how they ought to do themselves. But there's a differentiation in how we look at what is earthly from what is spiritual, isn't it? There's a lot of people that look at earthly things and desires and principles and they say, well, certainly this is a good way to live, but you and I understand there's a better way. And so, so let's look at this passage. In verse 1, it says this in chapter 6. It says, Does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, you are not competent to constitute the smallest law courts. Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more matters in this life? So if you have law courts dealing with the matters of this life, do you not appoint them as judges who are of no account in the church? So there's a, there's a difference in the righteous, and there's a difference in the unrighteous, the saints and the sinners, and how we are supposed to act in this world. And for me... There has to be a difference between you and I who are redeemed and those in this world who are not redeemed. 
in all aspects and all actions. There has to be a difference, y'all. They can't just say, well, well, they go to church, but I don't see anything in their lives. They go to church, but they still act like everybody else. They go to church, yet they still accept the things of this culture which are unacceptable to the Bible they believe in. They still do all of these things, yet they still engage in that. But I want you to understand that it does matter how we live, how we engage people, not only just in legal matters, but also in everyday aspects of our life. It matters, doesn't it? It, it matters how we conduct business. It matters how we live, how we treat one another. It matters how we approach life. And it certainly matters in the fact that you and I ought to be examples for those who do not know Jesus Christ. And that is one of the greatest tasks and burdens of Christian believers, is that we live in such a manner that others might see Christ in us. So we've always got to be thinking about that, don't we? We've always got to be grinding in our life to do what is acceptable to God and what is acceptable to Him. And so our neighbors, those around us, those that we come up against, we cannot act just like someone that is unbelieving, that lives in this world. And, and the Bible further tells us that there's a difference between acting shameful and a difference in wisdom. If you and I understand wisdom, where does wisdom come from? It comes from Almighty, doesn't it? It comes from God. It comes from a relationship with Him. It, it comes from an intimate walk with God. It doesn't come from the fact that you and I might keep our Bible positioned on our night table beside our bed. It doesn't come from the fact that we listen to Caleb once or twice every once in a while. It doesn't come from that. It comes from a daily, in-depth walk with God where He speaks to us and gives us the wisdom we need for that day and entrusting Him to see us throughout that day. Because God's going to provide opportunities in your day where you get to live a righteous life, where you get to be able to use the wisdom that you read about to be able to help someone else in your life. Instead, I think there's sometimes where a lot of Christians may do more harm. So let's think about this. Verse 5, it says, I say this to your shame, it is so that there is not among you one wise man who will be able to decide between his brethren. But brother goes to law with brother, and that before unbelievers. So it, it takes a little bit further. It says, actually, then it is already a defeat for you. What have you lawsuits with one another? Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? On the contrary, you do yourselves wrong and defraud. You do this even unto your brethren. So it, it just really takes up to the fact of how we treat one another, how we go against one another, that there ought to be a difference in our lives, that we ought to think about the consequences and the repercussions that it has as it goes further in to this world. You know, there's so many of us that want to think about it like this, and maybe this will help you. You and I each have a testimony, right? If you're a believer in Christ, you have a testimony. That means that you have a story in your life of redemption, how Christ, you, you didn't know Him beforehand, yet He was still reaching for you. That you became a Christian, believed, trusted, 
in Him, that you have been washed, justified, sanctified, redeemed in Him, and that now you live in a different manner. Your testimony is what you bring to the table to offer this world. How you live, it should be befitting of that testimony so that you continue to further the conversation within people's lives. So when someone needs help, you're able to help them by sharing Christ to them. And so we are to do that instead of inflicting further wrongs. The Bible said it like this, right? That we are meant to keep people in line as far as bringing them towards Christ rather than being a stumbling block, right? So that means that we've always got to be thinking about what we're doing from how we conduct business, from quite simply to how we treat one another, to the fact if we love well, even when someone doesn't deserve it, amen? Because we all come across people in our lives, we say, well, they don't really deserve this. And the wonderful thing about that, as soon as I understand and utter those words, I usually understand this, neither do I. You know, there's, there's so much in our lives we say, well, they don't deserve it, and this and that and the other, and we start looking at all these stuff and the other things, and we start looking, well, I'm just, it's bad if not worse than they are. I don't deserve it. So, so in my understanding and humility, then I say, you know what? I don't deserve it. But God told me that He still loves me and wants to do something in my life. And certainly I can forgive and I can work with that person and I can work in their life because I've been forgiven much. I need to start acting like I know Jesus and He lives in my life. And so there's, there's something we've got to understand that the outflowing of God in our lives is what helps us to do that. It has got to be, in our lives, the wisdom of God. Otherwise, we cause others to stumble. Otherwise, we misrepresent the God that we follow. Otherwise, people begin to scratch their head and wonder whether we are, in fact, a redeemed child of God or not. You ever had somebody come along, and maybe your, your mother or father, they say, well, I see this one kid, but I don't see how this one fits in. You know, you ever see that kind of thing? Well, they act like so-and-so, but they don't act like they belong in that family. I don't ever want somebody to look at me and say, well, I see God. I see Jesus in His life. I don't see how He fits into the picture. In other words, I want people to see Christ in me. You know, I am very much the son of my dad and the son of my mom. But I'm more than that. I am a redeemed child of God that is full of scars and sins in my life, but I am a redeemed child of God. That's who I am. And so the wisdom means that I want to do in a different way. So let's look at some of the differences between the unrighteous and the kingdom of God. Verse 9, it says this, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So, do we not know that? But, but who else? It says, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So that list there kind of just encapsulates more than just the unrighteous. When you start giving names to some of the stuff, 
that's out there. When you and I look in our society today, it doesn't take us long to start marking off a list of people that would fill into those. But we've got to understand how we live our lives matters. If we are redeemed children of God, having been bought with a price, being the blood of Jesus Christ, then we are meant to what? Live differently. We can't live like everybody else. We have an example to live for. You and I live for the kingdom of God. We live for Christ within us. We live through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are to live in an example different than this world is going to see. You know, I, you know, I often think about it like this. We don't like to stand out and we all like to have friends. And we all like to do things and be accepted. But I'm telling you, some of the friends you have around you, they need you to step up. They need you to follow through with what you believe in. They need to not know that I went to church last Sunday. They need to know that you live as the church in their lives, around them, around the world, that you do the things that you need to do wherever you are and God has you, and you represent the kingdom of God and do it well. That means that you have to love them when they hurt you. That means you have to help them when they are in deep need themselves. That means that you have to take a concern for your neighbor and your friends and those that come against you, and not that you think they deserve it within yourself, but that they might have a chance to inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, we do what we do because we want others to know Jesus Christ. We do that. That is our goal. But it, but it talks about all the people that are here. And if I were to give us a, a long sheet of something to write on, you could think about a thousand and one other people that need to be included in that list and maybe the things that they do. But what about you and me? We still sin and fall short of the glory of God. Not one of us are righteous. Not even one. So we need God every day. And the only way we'll be filled with God is if we spend time with God. But some of us are like the car that we put $5 in. It only gets us so far, right? Some of y'all have been playing with that, that empty light all week, right? In your faith. You're saying, God, do something in my life. God, help me to deal with my coworker. God, help me to deal with life and these illnesses and the things that I'm walking through. God, help me with all of this, but we haven't spent time with God this week. How are you and I ever going to do what is right and righteous by God when we don't spend time talking to Him? You say, well, God reveals Himself in a, in a litany of ways, and I agree with that statement. But if you're not looking for Him, and you're not seeking Him, are you going to notice those ways? If you're not saying, God, I want Your will to be done in my life, regardless of what I ask for, God, I am availing myself to You for Your kingdom's sake. That's a dangerous prayer, isn't it? Whatever you want to do, God, do it within my life. That's dangerous. 
God, whatever you're calling me to give up, God, I want to give up that I might be of more use to you in this world, that someone somewhere in my life might see you in me. And so therefore, even though I might not be in a good relationship with them or others, God, I know that you can do something in my life to help repair that. And by doing that, you can extend the love that you had for me, that redeemed me, God can redeem them too. So I've got to always be thinking about not only what God did to me in my life and did for me, but what God can do through me. And so, so in our life, we've got to understand a number of things. And some of that is this right here. It says this in verse 11. It says, Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. That you were washed. Some of y'all grew up singing washed, right? Anybody ever sing that, that version of the song? It's very hard for me to sing, are you washed? Some of y'all have done that, right? Anybody ever done that? I've done it. Some of y'all know what that means. That you've been washed... And the blood of Jesus Christ, that you have been redeemed in Him. That your heart has been reconciled to God. That formerly in your sin, there was no way, but Jesus made a way where there was no way. Jesus found me in you. He came to us. It was nothing we did or could do on our own to get out of where we were, could we? It was only by His blood that we are redeemed. So we are washed. We are justified before God. That means where we were previously condemned, you and I get to be called sons and daughters of God. Amen? That ought to get you going this morning. But not even that. We were sanctified, meaning that we were set apart from this world for God's purposes, for God's good work. So we're washed, justified, sanctified. We have all the power and God's ability that we need to do all that He has called us to do. But why don't we do that? Why is it just some? Because I think we bought into this fact, and, and it's a misquoted fact. That's not my gift. Let me tell you what, if you are a Christian in Christ, that's your gift. You are to tell others the good news and the glory of God so that they might know Him too and be redeemed too. It's not just for those who have a wonderful loving spirit because i've seen god use some rough folks i'm talking about some rough folks to do something extraordinary for his glory because i'm telling you some of the roughest toughest folks in this world you know who they can reach some of the roughest toughest folks in this world their testimony is going to be so abrasive to some of us that we're going to be like, wow. But let me tell you what. You and I have equally a testimony that someone in this world is going to go, wow. 
That's God. That's God. And that same God who redeemed you and I can do the very same in the lives of those around us because we know that that. That there's a difference between those who are righteous and unrighteous. We know that God is the supreme judge, and from Him, that is what justice comes about. But we were said like this, that you and I as Christian believers are to be known as this. We are to be known by our love for one another. Amen? We can't hate our brother and sister yet know the love of God, can we? That means that you and I have to love others whether or not our mind says that they deserve it. Because I guarantee you, if you were to ask somebody in your life, you and I don't deserve it either. But it's about His grace and mercy. It's about His love for us that gives us the example of how to live. And we're also known by the fact that we are to have compassion for one another. And we are to live with a servant's heart. Meaning, that as we love one another, we have compassion for one another, then our hearts desire to serve others before we serve ourselves. There's a distinct difference in our culture today because... If you go to our culture today, they want to serve themselves first, don't they? And they want to serve everybody else only if they have all they want. But the Word of God is not the same. It says we are to love one another as He first loved us. That we are to look to others' needs before we look to our own that we are to take care of the least of these, and in doing so, we are doing His work, right? All of these things. So, I begin to deeply look into all of these things, and I said, you know what, if we are living in this way, if we understand that we've been washed, that we've been justified and sanctified, that we know better in how to live, we have that indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us, then there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to restore others and bring in that hope rather than condemn. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 15. Matthew 18, 15. Some of you know this by heart, and some of you could probably quote it back and say, yep. But there's a difference in knowing something and believing in it, right? There's a lot of folks that know about Jesus Christ, but they don't believe in Him. There's a lot of folks that know about Jesus Christ, yet don't have a redemptive relationship with Him. There's a lot of folks that know a little bit about Jesus Christ, but they're waiting for you and I to show them in how we live and how we act that He's more than just a Sunday morning. He's in every day of the week, every hour. Verse 15 says, If your brother sins, go show him his fault in private if he listens to you you have won your brother but if he doesn't listen to you take one or more one or two or more with you so that by the mouth of three witnesses every fact may be confirmed now if he refuses to listen to them tell it to the church and if he refuses to listen even to the church 
Let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Verse 18 says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, that they may ask, and it shall be done for you by my Father who is in heaven. There's, there's something to be said about that, right? There's something to be said about how the Bible tells you and I how we ought to live, right? How we ought to live. And, and it's very specific in how we ought to live. And it's very specific in the fact that we are to cause others not to stumble, but to love others, to have compassion for others, to live in such a manner that is worthy of the gospel, But what does verse, verse, verse 20 says there of Matthew 18? Verse 20 says what? It says, For where two or three have gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. When you and I are doing the Lord's work within the power of the Holy Spirit in us, God is with us. He doesn't send us where He doesn't go with us. Amen? God has given you and me a way we ought to live that this world will not fully understand. But within the way that we live, it matters. The way that we love matters. The way that we allow for God to judge and work in the lives of the unrighteous matters. Because you and I, we're merely mouthpieces for the Almighty. And He uses us to do some extraordinary things when we say yes to Him. But it has to be a filling of God every day so that we can go and do all He is calling us to do. And as much as I want to understand everything, and as much as I want to live for Him, I fully understand and engage in the statement that God is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. So which one is He to you this morning? Or is He the Lord of your life and Savior of your heart? Did He redeem you, forgive you for much in your life? So in your life you want to do something extraordinary for His glory, for His purpose, whether or not you ever get any kind of pat on the back for it? That you love without measure? You love unconditionally? That you take care of your neighbor, your friend, but not because you feel like you ought to, but because Christ is within you. That you allow for the way that you do business, how you seek justice in this world to be totally squared in in your faith. We've got to think about how we live and the fact that it does matter. Maybe some of us this morning need to say, God, you know what? I've been judged. I have been through the ringer by people who should have known better. But I need to forgive so that I will be forgiven. Because when you and I forgive others, He forgives us, doesn't He? How many of you can actually control whether your brother or sister forgives you? But what can you do? You can forgive them. You know, I've encountered people throughout my life and they say, well, they might not forgive me if I go ask forgiveness. Well, if you're going in the right heart and it is God-initiated and God-led, 
then you are carrying that burden and saying, look, whether or not you forgive me or not, I'm going to drop this off. <laughs> it's a gift from God. I forgive you for what you've done. I'm asking you to forgive me. And then you leave it there and let God handle it. Because God's going to do something there in their lives. But in your life, your obedience, God's taken that weight off of you and said what? Me and God are in right spirits right now. God's using me to the best of my ability. And nothing's going to get in my way. So what this morning is God speaking to you about? What's He asking you to lay down? How is He asking you to remember that you have been washed? That you've been sanctified and justified in Him? And if you don't know what that means, yet you feel the Holy Spirit's power calling you this morning, asking you, pleading with you to believe in Him, to trust in Him, to have faith in Him, to obey Him, to be led by Him, to love like Him, to live like Him, to extend grace and mercy, to live that out every day so that the world around you sees Him in you. Then I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to make that pledge to Him this morning. Join me in standing as I pray this morning. Father God, we come this morning. Father God, Your Word challenges us beyond measure, God, in how we live. Father, we live in a world where everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. God, everything is permissible, but not everything is acceptable to You, God. Father God, let us align ourselves with Your Word every day. Let Your words and Your Spirit speak to us in a true and mighty way that we cannot turn from. God, let us look to You before we look anywhere else. Let Your Word resonate in our hearts and minds greater than anybody else's words. Father God, I just ask You to speak to us this morning. Ask your power to fill this place. God, I ask you to speak to the hearts of those gathered here, God. Those that have yet to know you as Lord and Savior. Those that carry the burdens of this world and the pains and the sorrows and the difficulties that come along with it, God. Maybe they've tried a thousand and one ways. But God, maybe that thousand and one way God led them to you. So I pray this morning. God, as they're here saying, God, what will I do? God, you're reminding them that they are loved, that they are cared for, that even at their worst sin, God, you came and sent Jesus to die for us, that there's not one of us that's righteous, not even one of us, but God, in your great love for us, you gave your life for us, that we might find freedom, redemption, healing in you. God, this world needs to know hope. And the hope that we have is only in you. Heavenly Father, I pray if someone needs to know what forgiveness truly is this morning. God, I pray that they will come. God, I pray for many of us this morning. God, as we have been Christians, believers for a while, yet we don't act like it, God. God, I pray as you convict us of the things in our hearts and minds, God, you also give us the strength and ability to step forward and lay them at your feet. 
God, we can't get over these things on our own. We can't get by these things on our own. It's only because of your power and your might, your grace, your mercy. God, everything that you are that gives us the ability to move forward in life, to be a shining example of what you can do with somebody that's as bad as me. God, I just know that you can do everything for your glory. And you can lead us to be that example that we ought to be. Heavenly Father, this morning we, keep, we seek your kingdom first, your righteousness. God, we ask that all these things be done unto you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have. And we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day, and remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.